Foundation and Bounds. Built to stimulate around the eyes. Greatest and greatest wellness trends, treatments, and experience. Work. Magnesium is naturally found in foods like. This is the Well and Good podcast. Tune in to find the wellness that fits your frequency. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. We have plowed through the first three months of the year, or at least it's felt that way to me. And so we thought, what better time than to check in with the stars? I'm director of podcast Taylor Camille, and today we're back in conversation with Kira, one of our resident astrologers at this point, for a forecast of what's to come for April, May, and June, and finding out where we can expect to experience some feelings of abundance, stability, and comfort. I'm Kira. I'm an astrologer. I've been doing this for 10 years now. Basically, my, my practice is rooted in traditional Hellenistic astrology. So there's some differences with more modern astrologies, which is still like the more popular type of astrology right now. And essentially, some of the main differences are um, I use whole sign houses, and I do not use um, the outer planets, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, as rulers of signs. Um, So I use the traditional visible seven planets as the rulers. I still regard them, but just not as rulers. Um, And then some other, you know, traditional type of techniques and um, just way of looking at astrology. So yeah, I do that. I um, host a podcast. I'm relaunching it actually at the end of March. So the new name of uh, I'll I'll announce now. I'm pretty sure this is what I'm going to call it. It's (laughs) called Ask Ask Kira. And it's essentially an advice podcast um, with astrology. I love it. Excited. It was called The Astrology Show. You can still search that and find episodes on YouTube. Um, But going forward, I'm calling it Ask Kira. And yeah, I'm actually doing a whole rebrand at the end of this month. So all of my stuff's going to be a little different. <laughs> we love a rebrand. Yes. Yay. It's time. Okay. So are you going to have it on another feed, like a totally different? No, I'm feed? just going to change Same my feed. handle. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. In this conversation, we are trying to get our little quarterly forecast and prepare for April, May, and June and yeah. all the things. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> It's wild that we're already here, like looking at the second quarter. It makes no sense. <laughs> it really doesn't. 
because I'm like, I know February has 28 days, but it's, see, it feels like January, February, and March are just for 28 days. I just, yeah, absolutely. I am looking forward to this quarter personally. Like, I think it's a goodie. I mean, there's definitely some difficult moments in it, but there's some cool stuff happening too. So I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, definitely. Well, I feel like we should kind of center where we are at, here at the end of March. We're recording this the day before our Saturn returns end, um, <laughs> which is wild. We have one more day. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, so Saturn enters Pisces tomorrow, March 7th. Um, and all of us with Saturn and Aquarius, we finish our, our Saturn returns. And all of us with all of you guys with Saturn and Pisces, um, begin your Saturn return. So that's a really big deal. At the end of March, we also have on March 25th, we'll have um, Mars entering Cancer, which is huge because Mars has been at this point, it'll be seven months in Gemini. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So since um, like August 20th, 2022, which is just insane. Like to have to deal with Mars and Gemini for that long, um, I'm feeling for all the Gemini risings. I'm feeling for all the mutable placements who's just been getting wrecked by this. Um, especially the Scorpio risings too. Like Scorpio risings dealing with Mars, their chart ruler in their eighth house for seven months is a lot. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, we're done with that. <laughs> Mars is entering Cancer. Um, it'll be there for two months, a little over two months. And, um, you know, so, yeah, that kind of takes us into April. Um, Mars and Cancer, it's kind of a difficult place for Mars. It's one of Mars's least favorite signs to be in. Um, it's mm-hmm. a sign of its fall, um, which is a, a term we use in traditional astrology to kind of signify a planet and a place that it has trouble fully expressing itself. You know, it's a kind of a mixed bag when it comes to Mars and Cancer. The difficulties come with essentially Mars like feeling or the Martian impulse not being as um, strong or not being as recognize kind of feeling difficulty Mm. in expressing whether it be anger or passion or you know just straightforwardness and directness mars and cancer has a harder time feeling comfortable expressing that martian side essentially Mm. however Mm. we've been in like i said mars and gemini for seven months at this point like i think it's gonna feel so good to have a mars in a cardinal sign in a water sign where Mars does well in, mar- in water signs. And I think more than anything, people are just so sick of being in limbo when it comes to making decisions and being able to just like choose what to do and where to go. <laughs> Trust me, same. Me. <laughs> On top of that, this the Mars retrograde and this whole cycle we've been in with Mars and Gemini, we had to deal with Mars um, stationing retrograde, square Neptune. And finally, in mid-March, it's kind of finishing up its square to Neptune before it goes into Cancer. So that was another part of it. It was like not just like mm. having all these different options. It was Neptune adding so much confusion to like where to go and what option to take and nothing really seeming right. And yeah, just a whole lot of mess. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. I'm really happy to like get into April where at least now Mars is in a cardinal sign, Cancer. So cardinal, you know, takes action. It's initiatory as opposed to mutable Gemini that's just like choosing 
just decision paralysis, basically. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's part of what we enter in April with. We also enter with Aries season that started March 20th, right? So yeah, yeah, we have now the sun in Aries, um, Jupiter in Aries. Yeah, I think Mercury like is at the very end of Aries and enters Taurus very beginning of April, April 3rd. Mm -hmm. And so we have this mix of a lot of Aries energy, which is exciting because that kind of carries from March as well. We had the Venus-Jupiter conjunction March 1st, um, and then we had a couple other conjunctions. Oh, Mercury-Jupiter conjunction at the end of March. So in April, one of the best little alignments that we get is the Sun and Jupiter come to an alignment, and that happens every year. Um, it's called mm-hmm. – every time the Sun meets up with a planet, it's called a Kazemi. It's a really special mm-hmm. moment for that planet because essentially it's like – the restart to its cycle and, and all of that. So it's really lovely. And um, this year we get the Jupiter Kazemi, aka again, when the Sun and Jupiter form an exact alignment. That happens on April 11th. Um, and yeah, I think that's going to be really special, especially for the Sagittarius risings. Um, and, you know, people who are ruled by Jupiter, Pisces risings as well, it's going to be more about money. But for Sag risings, I feel like this is really great for um, like pleasure and play and sex mm. and fun and just like kind of coming back to themselves. Like I feel like it's just a really great time for Sagas to feel like energized and like clear and motivated. And I think it's going to be good for everyone, but um, I'm especially thinking about the Sag Risings. <laughs> and if Sag Risings want to get pregnant, this is um, Bloop. I think a good time for that too. <laughs> <laughs> just <Mark> saying calendars. <laughs> exactly and then we have this right at the end of Aries season on the brink of Taurus season aka 420 on 420 we get um, a solar eclipse in Aries and it's going to be mm. at the very very end of Aries it's at 29 degrees of Aries um and it's our first eclipse in Aries. Um, we've been in this eclipse cycle, Taurus and Scorpio, for the past year and a half. Um, I think we started that in November of 2021. And, mm. um, yeah, we've been in these Taurus-Scorpio eclipses. Not fun. Not fun. Um <laughs> Especially with Saturn, you know, and Aquarius squaring them and Uranus and Taurus, just like it's been really rough and difficult for for all of us where we have fixed signs in our charts and these fixed placements. And so it'll be really interesting now that we're shifting eclipse cycles. This year we get we get a little bit of both. Um, so in the springtime, which we're talking about now, we'll get our Mars ruled eclipses, aka we'll have our our solar eclipse in um, Aries on the 20th of April. Mm -hmm. And then we'll have our final eclipse in Scorpio, a lunar eclipse in Scorpio. It will be May 5th on Cinco de Mayo. Yes. (laughs) I remember looking at that last (laughs) night. So yeah, May 5th, we'll get uh, our final lunar eclipse in Scorpio and we'll finally close out the Scorpio eclipses. Thank God. (laughs) I'm a Scorpio. So I just, (laughs) I'm I'm done with them. (laughs) I'm finished. (laughs) And yeah, and we'll have our first um, Aries eclipse. So this is important. You know, think about if you're kind of familiar with your chart, if you can identify where Aries is in your chart, um, the house that it correlates to. This is where we're like starting. We're starting a new big cycle of change here. 
And Mm -hmm. the change is more of like a, you know, it's a north node. So we're pulling in energy into this part of our chart. There's a lot of like increase when it comes to north node eclipses. And also Jupiter's there right now too. So there's already this sort of abundance increase element to that part of your life. Mm -hmm. So there's that. And then thinking about the Scorpio area of your chart, the Scorpio house in your chart And how we've been over the past year and a half having a lot of decrease or, you know, loss, purging, letting go in that area of life. Mm -hmm. I like to think of the South Node as a a refining quality. It like really refines that part of our life. Let goes, Mm -hmm. we're basically getting rid of everything that we don't need anymore Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, that's not serving us, even though it's hard. (laughs) It's not easy to let go, especially when it comes to Scorpio. Um, That's a place in our chart where we typically like things to be very consistent and stable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been difficult. And we're finally... We're finally ending that cycle with this this lunar eclipse in Scorpio on May 5th. So yeah, pay attention to what feels like it's finally coming to a close or a conclusion. Um, in mm-hmm. that area of life. And again, with the Aries part, like what's what's opening up, what's starting. So that's April. That's April. Those are our big, well, yeah, I kind of went into April May too. May. Yeah. One thing I didn't mention about April was that, well, halfway through March, we get Venus and Taurus. So the first two weeks of April, we'll have Venus and Taurus, which is just really mm-hmm. lovely. Venus rules the sign Taurus. Um, I think our Taurus risings, anyone, you know, doesn't even matter. Wherever Taurus is in your chart. Mm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Especially for our Taurus risings, it'll be great because, you know, your chart ruler is returning home. You'll feel more pretty. You'll feel more like sociable and just like, you know, charming and all that. It's a really great time to like get your hair done, buy new clothes, that type of thing. Don't tell um, me that. Don't tell me to buy new clothes, <laughs> Karen. <laughs> hey i'm just saying um it's there for you and then it'll meet up with uranus too i think at the end of april yeah Mm. maybe i'm thinking you know it's the end of march that's why i'm I'm getting it confused in my head because i just was writing about this um but anyway mercury is also going to float go into taurus and station retrograde there so <laughs> that's something to note <laughs> on April 21st. So the day after that eclipse, um, the day mm-hmm. after 420, <laughs> Mercury's going to station retrograde at 15 degrees of Taurus. Um, and so that's important to note for our Gemini and Virgo risings. It's important to note if you're a little bit more advanced and you know what annual perfections are, if you're in a Mercury perfection, Take note of that. But, you know, everyone can take note of the fact that Mercury is retrograding in Taurus during that time. It's going to be there retrograde until like the 15th, I think, of May. How do you how do you prepare for retrogrades, Kira? And like, what do you do when they're coming and they like especially might affect your placements a little bit more? Yeah, I actually love retrogrades personally. <laughs> Um, especially Mercury retrogrades because they give us like an opportunity to like pause and kind of focus in on something. So Mm. in terms of preparing, I mean, for me, I look, I know what um, Mercury rules in my chart. So for you being a Taurus rising, Mercury governs your money, your second house, Gemini, Mm. um, and then also your fifth house, which is like creativity, Pleasure, sex, fun, that type of thing. So when Mercury retrogrades, you can expect those areas of life to kind of be under review in some way. Say you wanted to 
like you need to buy something in like a month or two. So you're like saving up for like, I don't know, a trip or something. I would take that Mercury retrograde time to like, you know, save money or like create a savings plan or something like that. Or if you're working on some sort of creative project, you can expect Mercury retrogrades for you that you're probably going to be looking through some creative thing because it rules your fifth house of creativity. So that's how I like to think about it. Like for all of you out there, think about the Gemini and the Virgo houses in your chart because that's what Mercury is responsible for for you. And that's what it Mm. essentially is like symbolizing. And so when Mercury is retrograde, those areas of life are going to be a bit retrograde. Um, For me, it's my fourth house of home and family and my seventh house of relationships. And so every Mercury retrograde, like without without fail, I reconnect with someone from my past and not like in a weird way, not like, oh, that, mm-hmm. like that X or whatever. Like the block. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's just like. No future memes. <laughs> <laughs> no future memes, even though I'm a Scorpio. No, um, <laughs> no, it's usually like just friends from my past, you know, people I haven't seen in mm-hmm. a long time, like without fail, I'll see someone from that I haven't seen in a long time. And I know that's going to happen mm-hmm. this time. I'm coming to New York. I'm going to see a bunch of old friends during this retrograde. So. So, yeah, that's how I like to think about it. And then just like it's kind of funny because you can expect things to go get weird and like they do. And then it's sort of like you can let it kind of roll off your shoulder a little bit more because you're expecting it Mm -hmm. and not letting it totally get to you. And I think the the key is is like expect to do things multiple times. Um, Mm -hmm. So for me, like I remember I moved right before Mercury retrograde and I had to like go to Ikea like while the retrograde was happening and there was this one part I needed and I ended up going to Ikea I think five or six times trying like different Ikeas trying to find this one like $5 piece I needed for this like whole set. And that was just a classic mm-hmm. Mercury retrograde, you know, like expect to have to just do things multiple times basically. Yeah. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good to know. Because I always just feel like I should just like blinders up, like, hi, don't do anything. No. (laughs) But they can be good. They can be great, I think. I mean, it's really um, just about how you approach it and just knowing it's like never life or death with Mercury retrograde. Mercury is the trickster of the Zodiac. So expect to be a little tricked up a little bit, but it's never too bad. Yeah. The biggest part of May um, Jupiter is going to enter Taurus and it will be there for a year. Yeah, was- <laughs> yeah pretty big. So it's funny. It's like the same day. <laughs> oh, no. So Mercury will station direct on May 14th and then Jupiter is going to enter Taurus on May 16th. And so they're both going to be in Taurus at the same time. Um, 
And yeah, I mean, this is a big shift. We're going from Jupiter and Aries, which is a really great place for Jupiter. Jupiter really likes fire signs because it can be expansive. And you think about like Jupiter ruling the sign of Sag and it can kind of take an idea like a spark and spread it really quickly like a wildfire, right? And so Jupiter in Taurus Mm -hmm. is a very big shift because we're moving into Jupiter into an earth sign. And Jupiter and the other two earth signs, like Jupiter hates the other two earth signs, right? Like Jupiter and Virgo, which is I was born with, Jupiter and Capricorn, it's debilitated in those two signs. And that's because, again, Jupiter is really expansive. It doesn't want to be like confined and bound by Earth, um, by like density, Mm -hmm. by like materiality, right? And so in Taurus, it's the one Mm -hmm. Earth sign that it's not debilitated in. It's not like totally hating it. (laughs) (laughs) It's Venus's sign. So it's really a Jupiter answering to Venus, which, you know, it's a planet of pleasure and love and beauty and art, creativity and all of that. So Mm. we get a Jupiter. Both my parents have Jupiter and Taurus. I was like raised by Jupiter and Taurus people. And it's such a like comfort and stability oriented Jupiter. And so our, Mm -hmm. our like expansion, our abundance, like, our, our spirituality, all these Jupiter things kind of becomes oriented towards comfort, stability, you know, making sure we're nourished, making sure that we just like have what we need. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited. I've, I keep calling it stoner, stoner dad Jupiter. Like that's the energy it's giving me like Jupiter. <laughs> that's just like, you know, jolly guy on the couch, like hitting the bong, like telling chilling you stories, out. chilling out. <laughs> we'll take we'll take that (laughs) yeah and I think this is the important part to this to Jupiter's entrance into Taurus is because now that Saturn's in Pisces it's answering Mm -hmm. to Jupiter Saturn hasn't had to answer to anyone else for the past five six Mm -hmm. years when it's in its own signs Capricorn and Aquarius but now that it's in Pisces Jupiter is sort of governing Saturn and um having Jupiter enter Taurus, now we have the Saturn in Pisces entering to Jupiter in Taurus. We have this, I don't know, it's a lot more material oriented, materially oriented than what we've had over the past couple years with like mm. Saturn in Aquarius, Jupiter in Aries, um, even Jupiter in Pisces. Like, I don't know, it just, I'm, I'm excited about the potentials here. It's making me think about how like in LA, consumption lounges are about to come back and I think in New York too like they're making Mm. more consumption lounges Mm. um and by that I mean like weed consumption yeah (laughs) and like it's yeah it's just giving me like more places to kind of like chill be comfortable relax like I think the vibe going into this this like this part of the year is like we just want to we just want to have a little fun like we just want to relax mm-hmm. we just community. Chill. community yeah exactly like coming together connection yeah eating not, good food not aggressive yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> laid back everyone's kind of like over the like not everyone i shouldn't say that there's a lot of people still <laughs> in the grind hustle mindset but i feel like there's especially like your audience this audience i'm sure <laughs> is feeling like over that like majorly in a big way (laughs) big way um and just like yeah the need to like find more material like emotional connection by material I mean like in the real world instead of um virtual that's what I mean by material not so much like Mm -hmm. money but um Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah um 
I think that's definitely a big shift that's happening. Yeah. And I'm excited for Jupiter and Taurus. We'll have it for a year until May of next year. So. Mm. All right. So should we look at June? Yeah, this is interesting. So June is sort of what brings us into, of course, like the next quarter, which that will be so much about the Venus retrograde that starts in July. Um, <laughs> like the word retrograde just makes me like, I don't know. I just don't want any parts of it. <laughs> recoil. I know. Like immediately. I'm, just like retreat. Yeah. Retreat and recoil. <laughs> I know. Well, we get our like sort of previews of that starting in June because Venus is going to enter um, Leo where it will retrograde. Okay. In June. So Venus enters Leo June 5th, and it's going to be there until like late September, early October. Like it's going to be there for a while, sometime in October. Mm. Yeah, early October. So we have four months of Venus and Leo starting in June. And um, yeah, it's going to enter its retrograde shadow pretty early on. So pay attention to what's coming up for you in June, especially when it comes to. Venus type things like relationships, love, you know, connecting with people, but also art, creativity. Um, I think for a lot of people, this will look like creative projects that they're working on. For a lot of people, it'll look like, you know, love issues, (laughs) you know, relationship, you know, situationships happening. (laughs) Um, Someone will talk about, I don't know if it'll be me or another astrologer, but we'll get into the retrograde <laughs> in the next pod or whatever. But no, we're going to bring you back, Kira. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I would love to. to do. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be my pleasure. Um, but yeah, um, the other thing is Mars will also be in Leo for um, most of June. I think all of June. And mm. so, yeah, that's another thing. We'll have both Venus and Mars kind of moving through Leo, spicing things up, like things are getting a little spicy, a little hot. Um, Mm -hmm. And of course, they will be squaring um, Jupiter and Uranus in Taurus. So we have this interesting Uranus, or sorry, Taurus-Leo square happening. That's kind of like the theme of the summer in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And it might sound kind of difficult, and sure, it might be difficult, but think about what we've been dealing with in our fixed signs for the past couple of years with Saturn, with Uranus, with eclipses. Now we're dealing with, we still have Uranus, but we're dealing with benefics now. We're dealing with Venus and Jupiter. Benefics is a term that refers to um, Venus and Jupiter, which are the planets that tend to bring more positive significations that humans tend to like, like mm-hmm. love, abundance, beauty, you know, joy, spirituality, that type of stuff. Um, yeah. And so having benefics and fixed signs for extended periods of time, uh, I think is going to be really different. I, w- I was going to say really nice. and I think it will be nice, but I think we've been so used to things being really bad. <laughs> and difficult that it might be it's a different type of difficulty where you have to sort of wrestle with like the good and what happens when good things happen and that can also be really scary you know and hard Mm -hmm. to and hard to deal with for some people um and you know it's just adjustments um either way so so yeah thinking about that that retrograde again we'll talk about it the next time but um yeah we kind of get set up for it in in june 
Um, and then, of course, we have Gemini season throughout most of June, which is exciting. Mercury will kind of speed through Gemini. That's always a really fun time of Mercury and Gemini. We can just get a lot done, especially if it's like writing or anything having to do with like connecting and, you know, finding people, reaching out to people, any sort of messaging. Um, mm-hmm. Mercury and Gemini can be so good for. And then Saturn will station retrograde in June, too. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to get to seven degrees of Pisces and station retrograde it'll station direct in november at zero degrees so if you have any planets between zero and seven degrees pisces or mutable signs in general like pisces gemini virgo or sag Mm -hmm. you'll be getting saturned this year (laughs) pretty hardcore so i mean my ascendant (laughs) is at seven pisces so i'm getting i'm getting saturn pretty hardcore um can't get away from it but yeah just just expect that and I think it's important, you know, especially in these earlier months, April, May, to pay attention to like what Saturn is starting to like lay foundation for for you in Pisces, because we're mm-hmm. coming back to these degrees, like we're, we're coming back here, like this whole year is sort of um, this early Saturn piece. And so, and a lot of it is about like, you know, forming new, like forming new territory, basically, because mm. it's like. Saturn in Pisces is we haven't been here for 30 years as a society like last time Saturn was in Pisces I was two (laughs) you know like and so it's like figuring out a new landscape and I think a lot of it we're going to see a lot more like virtual reality augmented reality that type of thing with Saturn in Pisces um Mm. Saturn rules reality and what is real to us and what makes sense, you know? Mm-hmm. And Pisces is like everything but that, <laughs> especially with Neptune there. And so, yeah, we, we're going to get this sort of mix of like different versions of realities, different types of realities that we can play with and interact with. And that's new. And that's, you know, weird. We already have weird AI stuff happening. So yeah. we'll see. But but yeah, I wanted to make sure to mention that we have Saturn station retrograde. And yeah, that's kind of most of June. It's like kind of prep- preparing for July and, and the retrogrades that we have in the fall, which we have like a double Mercury-Venus situation happening. <laughs> Joy, yay, so many opportunities. <laughs> oh, I'm really yes. going to try to find the bright side of retrograde. I don't know. I just You're such a like- Venus and Scorpio. Like, <laughs> it kills like, me. Okay. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Breaks myself. You're going to oh, be good. Lord. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kira. This is a good rundown. And I think of course. it's always nice to look ahead and try to map out, you know, what to anticipate and how to how to position ourselves for what's to come. Yeah, you know, I would say just to kind of summarize everything. Yeah, April, we see a lot of changes with eclipses and we kind of pay attention to like, okay, what's happening in Aries, what's happening in Scorpio that's finishing up. And then we have our like Taurus season fun with all these planets running into Uranus and like changes everywhere. (laughs) And then um, May, we get even more changes with Jupiter entering Taurus. The middle of May is weird. I just want people to like understand that like the middle like week or so, two weeks of May. um, Yeah, those like middle two weeks are weird, mostly because Pluto will be in Aquarius, and every time a planet enters mm-hmm. Taurus, it's going to square 
Pluto, and then like also when planets enter Leo, they're going to oppose Pluto. And so we have this weird like fixed T-square situation happening in May with like Jupiter and Pluto and Mars, like all kind of clashing with each other. So just like for May, Mm -hmm. give yourself extra time and space. Like don't try not to like overdo it in May. Um, because some things need to be like readjusted essentially. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, June, it's like fun, summertime fun and Gemini season. And, you know, we're kind of settling into these changes and preparing for the Venus retrograde. So lots of Leo energy in June and, and Gemini energy. And it just feels really like, I don't know, I'm excited for June. Yeah, I'm like excited for summer, but like you're making it sound like a party. So I mean, it's kind of a party. (laughs) I'm RSVPing for June. I'm good. (laughs) Yeah, we just got to get there. We'll get there. Well, thank you so much, Kira. I am excited to talk to you again in June. And I hope this is helpful for people. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. On today's show, you heard me in conversation with Kira. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and share. This episode was edited by our friends at Edit Audio and produced by Jen Snyder, Abby Stone, and myself, Taylor Camille, along with many other hands and brains at Well and Good. Our theme music was created by Madeline Lakomsky and Matt Domenico. Our show art was designed by Jenna Gibson and Karina Masonette.